0: What's up, everyone? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of ProTri News. We have a very exciting episode for you. We have the CEO of the PTO, Sam Renouf, on to talk about the European Open happening in Ibiza, the new ranking criteria, the all the other changes coming up for 2023 for the PTO, as well as the plans for the future. This is the last of our pre-season series. We'll be back on Monday with a 2023 preview show, as well as updates from the Husky Tri in Australia the draft legal race happening in topo and super league montreal as always we want to give a thanks to our sponsors of today's show waterfall bank be sure to visit waterfallbank.com and put your money in a bank that supports triathletes you can also visit waterfallracing.com and get exclusive access to athletes such as tim o'donnell marinda Carfrey, the whole quick kit and caboodle we have also For this month only, whenever you sign up, you get exclusive strength training from EC Fit Boulder with Aaron Carson whenever you sign up. One last thing I want to mention. As the season gets started, I know that none of you guys have shaved your balls lately. So please go out and get yourself a Manscaped Lawn Mower 4.0. Get yourself looking high and tight. Get yourself looking tidy before the season starts. Shave your arms, shave your legs, shave everything in between. Just make sure you don't bleed all over the place with your new Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. Visit Manscaped.com. Use promo code ProTryNews20 for 20% off your next order. If it's not for you, buy it for someone else. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to another episode of ProTry News. I'm your host Kyle Glass, joining you from Oklahoma City. Uh, joined today by the newly retired Mark Matthews.
1: Yeah, last day in the army was Friday. Uh, ID card handed in, all my kit gone. That's 12 and a bit years I've done. So I've just been sort of sat here, slightly shell shop like, what do I do? But luckily I'm off to Lanzarote tomorrow to join Kat to find out just how fat and unfit I am and uh, start a new thing.
0: And uh, so, and then you're gonna be with Kat for how long?
1: Hopefully the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, No, so yeah, we're going to Lanzarote for 10 days, back here for five, America for seven weeks, and just got to pack bags, carry bikes, you know, all the usual.
0: Man, I can't wait for you to be stateside. We'll be able to actually do podcasts at normal hours.
1: Yeah. Well, it's always us that gets to work out. It's you two are too precious.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, Talbot Cox joining me. He had me over for steak dinner on Friday, and then we got pizza yesterday. So just spending all weekend together yeah weekend. yeah
2: hung out we went to uh see watch some friends at a wrestling tournament so that was pretty fun and uh now now stoked for the year we got big announcements coming up
0: on this podcast that's right uh joining the show today mr sam renouf ceo of the pto sam second time on the podcast we're happy
1: to have you back
3: yeah i'm glad to be back i guess i didn't do too poor a job last time, so nice to be able to chat and welcome to civvy street Mark, as they call it in our part of the world
1: yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate it, and thanks for coming back on. You were you were a good host last night. You challenged us on our nonsense, so we thought we'd come and get corrected a little bit more with you again. It's good.
3: Good stuff.
0: Awesome, Sam. So you guys had a pretty good year, 2020. How would you describe it from your point of view, um, and then also from the PTO's point of view?
3: Yeah, look, it was um, probably probably combine both. Both PTO and my view on it, um, a good step in right direction right so like it's the pto has been a long time coming and obviously with covid the way it happened we we didn't get the start we wanted so that was really our first year of of operating and so to get three events off the ground yeah we were we were pretty happy you know still so much we can improve on and i'm sure we'll talk about that a bunch over the next hour but as a first year of operating yeah we feel good um and probably the more relevant piece um our investors were happy, and we were able to you know raise another fund, which I'm sure uh, you'll you'll comment on in a second, and we were very happy to bring on Warner Brothers discovery as a shareholder because that if there can't be a better proof of what our model is, it's like a media company being an investor in the pto
2: and and clearly, Warner Brothers was happy, I think uh, some of the inside people we we kind of knew about it in Dallas. they came to the event in Dallas. you were kind of their host was uh, and there was nothing on the books then what was their overall experience in dallas were they stoked i mean i guess they signed a partnership so clearly they clearly they were happy but what were your
3: thoughts yeah look that's good inside knowledge to know they were there you're, you're very right so actually one of the top execs in the whole company came to dallas for the weekend which we know that was a huge honor frankly for triathlon and the pto that they would take that much time and the reason they came was to you know look under the hood as it were um see how we were doing things at the moment but also see the sort of raw ingredients of triathlon whether they thought that could work and, you know, without putting words in in the gentleman in person's um, mouth, but he was absolutely flabbergasted by how close the racing was because as you all know, because several of you were there in Dallas, like we had some really hot racing, not just because of the temperature. Um, And I think that was the sort of main takeaway was look, there's a lot more going on here than we realized. How can we help? And I'm saying this as one of others, how can we help the PTO and indeed other, other organizations in triathlon tell those stories better because it's not easy to do.
1: Definitely. It's, would you, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, Dallas, what I thought yep. was your least impressive race of the year. I mean, there was some very impressive races, but there was no crowds, really. The course wasn't your most enigmatic. Like, would you have rather taken him somewhere else, taken him to Samarin or, you
3: know, something else you would uh so look it's uh, the location like we wanted to go to a a major city in north america where it was uh, easy to access supported by the government sort of lots of different reasons for that did that mean that we had the most glamorous location absolutely not right like this was a a suburb of dallas and as you would have seen already although we're big fans of dallas dallas as a place we've chosen not to go back this year right Uh, for 23 we're going to milwaukee instead and, and working with usat but um i was more referring to less the organization as much as the racing itself right with the athletes i thought did a phenomenal job and then even flora was mentioning when we saw her niece a few weeks ago um how tough the racing was and how hard she had to push and if you've got the olympic champion telling you that you know you're probably doing some things right that's
0: right that's right yeah and nice. you guys you guys made some adjustments probably mid-race um I, I feel like i recall you guys changed out the lens on the camera because the the motorcycle was too close during one of the races is that correct
3: um, change out the lens. Oh, so what we did, and look, we're we're always very open about what we do at the PTO. We'd like to, it's part of the culture here is that we want to be open. We listen, we learn, we we. At midway through the weekend, as I think most of you guys know, um, we had a meeting with some of the athletes after the the female race was on the Saturday. A bunch of the pros got together, the male pros, I should say, on the Saturday night, and said, "Look, we're not happy with how um, the potential drafting is off the motorbikes. Can we call, can we can we change this? What can we do about it?" And we had a good debate with our camera team with the users and the rest and agree to basically extend the distance between uh, the the motorbikes and the and the riders right because we understand how imp- incredibly important that is um as a result we then changed the cameras so that we could get a better angle and i think that worked for everybody look it was a a big debate and i think you guys maybe have debated this on the podcast actually if i remember rightly look can we operate triathlon without having front, and i can tell you categorically you can't from a broadcast perspective right and i know it's a little bit controversial and we can debate this for five or ten minutes if we like but for us to make (laughs) this is what i came on this podcast to do right to make stars of the athletes we need to show the athletes and as shapely as their rear ends may be We're not going to make stars out of showing the back of an athlete for for two hours. Um, Now, what that means, though, is we do need to come up with a way that we can broadcast the faces and fronts of the athletes in a way that doesn't uh, impact the competition, right? And that comes down to experience, learning, technology like Race Ranger, which is getting tested. It feels like every five minutes at the moment, which is great, can hopefully help with things like that.
1: Static cameras, like in in technical areas of courses. Uh, Static cameras, You obviously recognize because the UCI never filmed from the front in a time trial. So the Olympic time trial, you won't ever see a shot from the front. You won't see it in any, like the Tour de France, they'll do a whole day. You won't see a shot from the front because they recognize it's even bigger there, 55k an hour, right? It's a bigger advantage than we have in our sport. The it, 40 meters is still giving an advantage. And I'm just sort of echoing what pros say. It's great that you're working on it, but the constant camera at the front, I think, is what the gripe. Is. Going up for that yeah. front shot coming back at least allows groups to have a challenge. Is that something you've looked at? Like removing the constant front camera?
3: Yes. So, so simple answer is yes, right. So it's about giving, as you say, um, it's like an accordion effect, right? To go out and go in and be able to to adapt to it. Um and we've got to learn with each each event we do, right? One of the challenges of, of the sport is that it's not that the right word for it um the the broadcast teams aren't doing this every weekend right they're they're coming in and out and doing it occasionally with the pto and so there aren't that many opportunities to learn which is one of the reasons what makes this so challenging like whereas if you compare to other sports let's take rugby you might have every weekend where you can tweak something and then the following weekend might be two more matches and you can grow for a season one of the the problems we have is there are so few opportunities to test and learn but exactly what we have to do are the are the broadcasts perfect not by any sense of the word right and look we never will be perfect ultimately but do we feel there's a lot to do 100 yeah
0: all right well let's talk about what's new for 2023 big announcement today
3: Yes, today, whenever this lands, yeah. (laughs) One that's like, it's been a long time in the making. And I said this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's completely unacceptable that the PTO is announcing its races in February for the season, right? Like, and so this is how, again, to the the spirit of being open, like we, we recognize when we aren't doing things well. And the fact that we're announcing our calendar now... When athletes are having to make their plans and fans are trying to decide where they go it's not acceptable it's a reality of how young an organization we are right so this isn't 40 45 years of experience and venues and things like this um we're having to develop these relationships as we go and we're finding it to be very open to everyone and i know a lot of the pros listen to this it's a good thing to talk about it is incredibly hard to get the level of road closures that we need to deliver the pro racing that we want to right we we could put everyone together age groupers, pros, pros at the front, et cetera, et cetera, and pretty much deliver these events anywhere. To do age group racing as well as professional racing, men and women separated in the afternoons in an opportune time to get the most crowds, which is really important for the broadcast, this is tough. Um, and it's been tougher, candidly, than we anticipated coming into this, which is why it's you know February the 19th, or February the 20th, um, and we're announcing events. But a uh, long, long-winded answer to your question. of We are excited to have just announced the European Open in Ibiza.
2: And 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 I heard too that it wasn't necessarily um you guys' fault. It was was it more of like a political thing on road closures and things like that, like with an upcoming election or something like that? I might have just heard of that as a rumor, but kind of what all what all did that entail? What what did take so long?
3: You certainly keep your ear very close to the ground. Um, the, look, it's, it's always politics. Like when I, when you say road closures, it's not so much about like a commercial thing of how much do you pay for it. It's whether you can convince a local region to shut down their roads and impact their local population for the time needed. And look what Iron Man just went through in Kona, right? It's the same kind of practical this is not a pto problem it's any any organization of sport that you're closing major roads and impacting a population that's always going to be a bit of political it depends where you are how you deal with it right there are some regions where they're quite um quite draconian almost like the event's coming we shut it down make it all happen others you can have a couple of rich people on the road you're operating and they complain you're never coming back ever again
1: yeah and and let's just hope the mayor of ibiza gets re-elected uh two weeks after your race was that that was that's the that's the level you have to deal with there's people like us that sit there and go you've got got to get a race on just just book a swimming pool book a lake and there's elections to worry about right
3: there are elections there are so many different pieces and look I, i really enjoyed your podcast with chris at the it oh not ITU. sorry world triathlon um and to me, if anything, I took away from listening to that podcast, it was a reminder of just quite how complicated this stuff is, right? Like there are so many layers and so many levels of things that go through. And it seems simple to organize a, organize a swim, bike, run. But actually, you know, I can't remember if it was Chris or one of you that said it. Um, arguably, from a broadcast perspective, this is probably the most complicated sport in the world. Um, because at least, you know, Formula One or something like that, yes, okay, you're dealing with more difficult technology, but you're in an enclosed environment, right? It's a, it's a completely different dynamic To these on largely open roads in formats that have three different sporting mediums it's so tough and that's one of the reasons why candidly triathlon isn't really a broadcast sport yet right it's very difficult to do it's very expensive to do and so until ourselves and super league and a few others have sort of come along and said let's invest the level that we need to the sport has not really been really a media product
1: and 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 so when i we was dive really struggling to... to wrap my brain there i wanted to catch you out i was trying to think of a sport that's more complicated and i'm really struggling so to our listeners that can dwell on it, to yeah, it away, yeah. they do bang it in the comments prove sam wrong because i failed it is hard. There's,
2: there's only one sport that would probably be harder to cover and that's ultra marathon running that that's the only i can think of no, but it's not a popular sport and
1: no it's, I sport, don't it's even, a single discipline yeah you right, a you're bike right. as well because it's slow <laughs> true Uh, yeah i I was thinking like mountain ironing that weird sport where they go and iron up mountains but i'm really struggling right go on tablet (laughs) serious question or not question
2: at at the european open um this will be pretty much probably the only event of the year that both male and female will race on the same day if i look at the calendar correct
3: yeah that's right yeah then that was just a subject of road closures it's not what we wanted to do Mm -hmm. but it was a trade-off where we said look do we want to have the race? Do we not? Can we, do we still believe we can deliver a, a fantastic race? Yes. Um, and that's why we went ahead. But look, the, the norm for the PTO will be to have, have different days for men and women um, because we just think it's, it's a better way. It's also better from a media perspective to drive tune in as I'm sure it's fairly obvious, right? Because yeah. people on Saturday, tune in on Sunday, there's sort of this, there's a lot of different advantages by having multi-day.
2: And and when you look at it too, I don't want to say something that you guys failed at, but clearly when you have an Ironman world championship or a 70.3 world championship, you're almost guaranteed to sell out the race. I think a problem that we saw in Canada or the U S open was those were just super small local races. It looks like that you guys are, I don't want to say getting away from putting on races, but now you're like, Let's go and partner with these big races. So then it makes it to where you guys almost don't have to run. Let's, I believe that the world champion, ITU long world championship will be in Ibiza that weekend, but you guys are able to get with them. Then you attract a lot of people, a lot of crowd as well as putting on an event. Is that, is that more the direction you guys are going?
3: So there's probably kind of, kind of a couple of things to unpack from that. So firstly, failures, hundred percent, like let's, let's own failures. Um, because if you can't, then you can't improve and do better. Um, actually the age group racing was less of a failure to us than the spectator attendance, right. And the, and they're linked together. And so we should spend a little bit of time talking about it on average. Let's see if I can do the number. I think we average across the three events, just over a thousand participants, age group signing up, um, which was okay for a first year. It's not great. Like these, these events need to be three, three and a half thousand to be sort of meaningful from an age group perspective, in our opinion. Um, but for a brand and a series that doesn't really have any cache with age groupers, like kind of uh, give us a B plus for that, um, mm-hmm. for spectators, C minus D minus E perhaps, right? Like in terms of, obviously I'm grading, by the way, if that wasn't obvious <laughs> what I was doing there, um, the spectator experience wasn't where it needs to be. Um, and that's really what we've done to change. That's really what we're changing this year is. So going to Milwaukee is an example, um, is because Milwaukee will have, hopefully, if all the weather is okay, close to 30,000 people walking around that know what triathlon is, that love what triathlon is, that are engaged for the weekend. And that will be a completely different experience, both for the athletes, but more importantly for the broadcast. Because that's where this really, really matters. No one switches on TV and sees sport with no one watching and stays watching it, right? Sorry, that sounded stupid, but I'm sure you get what I mean, right? Like You need to have an engaged audience, on-site when you're watching on TV. And if you don't, you're going to flick to something else pretty quickly because that's really what we're competing with. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll get on to the question of does does the PTO compete with Ironman and, and, or oh, indeed World well- because it seems to be quite a hot topic at the moment, um, our view is absolutely not, and we we'll probably will get to unpack that in a second. But the reason I say that is our competition isn't Ironman, it isn't Super League. It's what else could someone be watching that afternoon, right? And so everything we do is through the lens of what's going to make a great broadcast product. Um, and the reason why is a great broad- broadcast product will. Bring more money into the sport and allow us to do lots of other things sorry i, I went off on a tangent there but
2: no no totally and, and, and i think a lot of people don't know how important spectators are i guess when it comes to this sport, I, I know this is just something interesting that i that i heard so like the ninja warrior you actually uh people can walk on the street and you and you put in a uh like you get a ticket and then once you get your ticket you get a stamp And it's like you clock in and clock out and they pay you by the hour that you're watching Ninja Warrior and how crazy you are and all that. And so people get paid like two to three hundred dollars to go and spectate and scream it like Ninja. That's just for TV. So it looks good. So that just kind of almost I don't want to say what you guys are competing with, but it looks a lot better when there's people there.
3: Oh, no, we are 100 percent competing with that. Right. That's exactly right. When CBS or Warner Brothers decide what are they going to put on on Saturday afternoon? They are considering all these other sports that have history, that have tenure, that have all of this, um, that have big stars, or there are these new challenger things like American Ninja Warrior, which you know isn't as big in in our part of the world in Europe, but I know how popular it is in the states. And like, I didn't know they pay their crowds, but like it, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, well, will
3: Will Race Ranger be there? Will Race Ranger be there? I hope okay. so. We're working with them that we, we believe they and rather than say they, the technology that they're using and the usage of it is really, really important to improve the broadcast and improve in general the, the experience. Right. Whether that's the drafting zone being policed correctly, whether it's the gap to the cameras, whether it's better information to us all watching it. These are the kind of technologies we need to have. Um, and look, and I've, I've said this one, this story a couple of times. And so sorry if I'm repeating myself. Like it is crazy that triathlon doesn't have more real-time data on athletes uh when they're racing right it's completely crazy and i when i mean by crazy is it's nuts that no one's figured that out yet and that's one of the things we're working hard on on solving this year um hopefully in time for the summer races it might take us a little bit longer but to us it's really important for, for two things one You just you need it to have better results and data and to tell people what's going on and understand and and things like that. But there's a more important reason which all of us won't necessarily relate to on on the call um, is or on the podcast. And indeed, most of the people who listen to this podcast when relate to this is that we know how amazing the athletes are when we switch on and we see whether it's Kat or Christian or Gustav or Daniela. We immediately know when we're watching a broadcast how incredible they are because we we get the sport. But most people, if they see swimming, cycling and running, don't contextually realize how incredible the performances are without data, right, without something to improve it. And so the example we often talk about, and Edmonton was awesome, right, seeing those guys really drill themselves, um, but being able to show that that's like 18, 19 kilometers an hour in real time, that's how you capture the interest of people that don't necessarily know uh, what's going on. Um, and for us to really grow the sport, which tr- for triathlon to become a truly professional sport, it must grow beyond the core participation base. And that's some of the things you do to go and get there.
1: Yeah. That, so that, that on, makes- on the topic of flight detail and data you've just brought yep. out the new ranking system and the ranking is almost is not your only usp but it is it, kind of your usp But the first people to do it properly um i we, we talked to ruth i don't know if you listened to the podcast um i think if you did you'll know we largely enjoy it do you think you've got the right balance behind the primacy you put on pto events by virtue of prize pots or is that closing out a broader uh, participation in the sport? Or are, 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 are you content with that essentially?
3: So it's one of the only podcasts I didn't listen to because, like, for the first minute the audio was so bad, I switched it off. So maybe I'll listen <laughs> And we're to- hoping this <laughs> one's better. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it's better this time around. But I was like, I'll, I'll catch up with Ruth here, and hear if there's anything important that, that I should know. Um, look, the, the rankings changes have been a long time coming, right? Like, I. I a post previously when we didn't talk about the rankings and someone didn't complain about a different model and like kudos to the athletes on the committee that got together and really came through that like i think they everyone probably thought that this would be a relatively simple exercise and wow and the amount of hours that those guys and girls put into changing this was just phenomenal so it's, it's a real kudos to them and indeed like the structure that you can go and do that. Um, do I, the, the model around prize money is important because one of the things we want to do, which is probably not obvious from the rankings themselves, but will make sense when I explain it, is inflation is a dirty word at the moment, right? All around the world. Inflation is generally a bad thing, but we want to see prize money inflation. And one of the things this rankings tool will is increase uh, inflation in price money. So what I mean by that is races that have a $10,000 prize purse or a $25,000 or $50,000 prize purse now have an immediate incentive to start paying more. And that's obviously phenomenal for all of our members, right, the PTO. And I, I won't say who the events are, but I have been contacted myself multiple times now in the last two months by events telling me they're going to put their prize purse up because of the rankings. Which, you know, the fundamentals of what the PTO is here to do is elevate the sport and make the get make sure the pros get paid. And this is an, an example of how that's working.
1: Is that because you gave Challenge Roth a one year pass on including their uh, invitation fees <laughs> to the race? And I, now they're going to the prize money.
3: I was not including Challenge Roth in that in that list, but an example I bet their of the prize event. money goes up and I bet their invitation fees go down. <laughs> One could see something like that happening.
1: (laughs) Very (laughs) very good. It makes makes a lot of sense. Um, On the topic of prize money, though, uh, the PTO in your flagship races, you've been doing the million-dollar prize purse. Yeah. I know, and I'm sure you're going to have a good answer to this, but I know it's coming down to 600,000 total prize pot for those races. I'm sure it's not because you're strapped for cash, so... Go on, give us the spiel.
3: Well, actually, no, it's interesting you use the word strap for cash because that's exactly where it does come from, right? And so what you would have seen is in December, hopefully you would have seen we announce the new financing round, right? And we appointed a new chairman. And part of the financing round and the new chairman coming on board is to make sure the PTO is sustainable and that we're not just here Big flash in the pan, pay a bunch of athletes for two years really, really well and disappear into the future. And there are some really important reasons why we should be sustainable, which hopefully remind me to unpack some of the broader ones. Um, But actually, that's what it came into was the first part was like, how do we become a more sustainable sport or a sustainable product? Secondly, it was linked to and these are tied together, to be fair. So it's like quite a complicated uh, answer for you rather than, you know, just a glib. Hey, this is what we chose to do was that for the professional, for us to grow the professional sport, one of the most important things we can do is to make stars out of the best athletes, right? Fairly obvious point, all sports benefit from it. And one of the feedback we had, not just from Warner Brothers, but the other broadcasters is that actually we have too many athletes in the events at the moment. So I don't think any of you mentioned it just yet, but one of the things we will have just announced yesterday is that we're taking our field sizes down from 45 to 50, down to 30, and eventually to 20, right, later in the year. And so Singapore will be 20. And maybe we haven't released that yet which means that you do have an exclusive because i've just said it on the podcast um that will be unpopular and we totally Respect that some people will be upset about it. Those that were in the 30th and 35th position should be really upset now, right? Like they were going to get to race in a globally broadcast event with a massive prize burst, and now they won't. But the reason we've changed that is that this is how we make the product of the PTO's racing as exciting as possible and the best broadcast as possible, because that's how we'll ultimately make the business sustainable, which will cause triathlon to grow, right? Um, And I'm happy to answer lots of questions on that. Go for it, Mark.
1: No, I, I put my finger up for the other two. By the way, Sam, it's never to
3: interrupt you on the stream. It's okay. just to get Talbot or Kyle. That's yeah. you. Ignore me, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah, so, so, so is on a It's sort of a weird dynamic here. How I've got three people sort of doing hand signals to me every time I'm talking. It's quite an interesting. <laughs> well, now, now you know to ignore us. You just possible. talk, mate.
1: Um, so, two questions then on that. Let's say the thirty and the twenty yeah. later on. The, the, there are only really two questions because I get your logic. Your logic's un- inarguable. It makes perfect sense. In the rankings, does it roll down? And the second question is, does that include wild cards and how will you assign wild cards and how many are you limiting wild cards to? In the rankings, does it roll down? Uh, so if you're taking the top 20, if yep. 20th doesn't come, does 21st get a shout? Oh, yeah, okay. And so then yeah. you can tie in with the wild cards to your answer, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, so we'll have, there will be, I'm going to be off by one. It's either four or five wildcards per event. All right, so that, that's how many we'll have for, there you go. Thank you, Talbot, because you've, you've read the press release. It's, it's a late on a Sunday for me after a long weekend. So if I'm, if I'm not exactly on my numbers, that's fine. So four, four, uh, four wildcards. And then, yes, you're, you're 100% right, Mark. So the, the rankings are what gets you in the race, and it will roll down as far as 50 at the base. Now, we can't imagine it will get as deep as 50, um, but this sort of provides a pathway to, to what we're doing.
2: And and something that I'm sure people are all, well, not all, a lot of people are going to be upset about is, Sam, you're just helping the rich get richer. You're going to hear that question. You're going to hear that. I mean, for me, I look at it as a possibility that now your top tier athletes, you're going to remove them from the Ohio 70.3 or like these these other challenge races. That that's my short answer. What 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 is your answer for you're just helping the rich guys get richer now? You're lower tier guys will never have a shot and making it in the sport.
3: So there's, um, there's kind of a, a, a painful answer, which we'll see we we'll get into in a second because I'll do the unpainful answer first. Um, the unpainful answer is, is a really simple one, and it's that the way we make triathlon, so the way we make all professional triathlons wealthier is to make the sport more commercially viable, right? And at the moment, the professional elements of the sport are not NFL, they're not ATP, they're not all the rest. The way we, we make them, is we build up the professional aspects of the sport to be better, right? And one of the ways we will do that is by having exciting racing that drives sponsorship, that drives broadcast, blah, 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 blah. Um, one of the things that's interesting, and I'll, I'll unpack this a little bit, is our ownership model. And I thought it was, again, referencing the, the interview you had with Chris the other day. It's such a unique model that the PTO is sort of, I wouldn't say stumbled upon because it was put together with a lot of, a lot of, uh, of careful thought in that we are both a very commercial orientated organization, very capitalist to use, you know, I think it was Chelsea who said that, that the world triathlon was socialist, which was amusing, um, which by the way, very true, right? Like, cause that's what they are. And, and that's not a criticism. It's just like, that's the nature of the beast of these international federations. Um, we're a very capitalist organization in terms of commercial focus, but because we're owned by the athletes ultimately, and there's a nonprofit that sits above it, the beneficiary of that will be the athletes in the long run, right? And so that's probably quite a complicated answer, but let's use an example which exists in sport today, which is Wimbledon, and indeed the US Open is exactly the same. Wimbledon is an, is an event, obviously incredible event in tennis that happens in the UK, I'm sure everyone knows exactly what it is. What you may not know is that Wimbledon drives 90% of the funding into tennis in the United Kingdom. And what I mean by that so the lta which is the equivalent of usat and various other you know federations is funded 90 percent by the proceeds that wimbledon give them so what does wimbledon do it puts on an amazing tennis tournament makes lots of money from tv sponsorship etc pays the top athletes a very large amount of money i think it's like 70 million dollars because that's what creates the product and then all of the surplus left they then give to the lta to invest into the sport and that model is exactly what the PTO has. But if we don't have the top pros being compensated and doing a great job, there will never be enough profits for us to invest back, which is you know a very long answer to why we have the structure we have.
1: And you're confident though that you're not going to by default miss out on incredible athletes that, that want to race with those really small numbers. So if you go 20, you've got I mean you've got Jan outside that, Alice Brown outside that, then you've got any any of the world on big names you've got coming in so they won't roll down much because they'll take up those four slots you're confident yep. that's the number you want and you can get those boys when you want them i, think, I guess the answer can just be yes you've done the maths so think...
3: uh, yeah i mean so yes we've done the maths be i guess the product will tell us right this year and look we're still learning and we very much own our mistakes we own the successes um this yeah. is, a, is a real test year where we're making some pretty big changes for this we think the end result will be pretty spectacular and that means races like seeing Jan Verdeno versus Christian and Gustav, which is what everyone wants to see, right? And Jan's already announced that he's going to be in Ibiza. So that's pretty exciting. If, if you uh,
1: Five him. years ago. I'd have watched that five years ago. <laughs> I, I, poor old Jan.
3: Look, everyone has a very short memory in triathlon. i must say that, right? Like, you remember this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stop at that point. Um, but yeah, look it long answer to your question, yes. We think this is the right way to have the very best product. And like look at look at Formula One, 20 athletes or 20 drivers on the on the course. And then what this is the relates to your broader question about the other athletes, formula two, formula three, formula four, you're killing yourself to make that top level. And that's what we want to see, right? Is that there's that pathway up that the top athletes will race in the PTO tour.
2: And and do you have any examples in the ranking system? Um, of an athlete that was a lower tier athlete that performed and performed and performed and now is one of the top tier athletes in in the top ten rankings.
3: Um, I can only uh, the yes in general. I can't think of like in the specific rankings now. But if you go back two years ago, Sam Long, Sam yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and another perfect one. So maybe it's something about Sam's that are special. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, Sam was like 40th or 50th, I think. And within like three or four months, went up to the top 10. Uh, it was a good example of someone who was outside.
2: I'm, I'm I'm not trying to slam dunk on the people that say you're just helping the rich get richer. But I mean, it's clear if you're a lower tier athlete and you begin to perform and you win these silver-level races, bronze-level races, gold-level races,
1: that you're going to get to the top. We yep. don't know that, Talbot. Like They haven't run the system. They've done some data on it, but they haven't run the system out. And what we don't know, because you can't model it, is what the announcement of the system will do for what races people then choose to do, which faced, which affects the... Uh, field strength score and the time score. So you can model backwards, but that's retrospectively. What well, you don't know is this might mean that the very top only do those big races, and it has a massive impact on the field strength score and the time score, because that's based off that. So I, I think you're probably right, and before Sam has to defend himself, yeah. we can't say that that doesn't happen. We can't say that actually bronze races now score 50 all the time, PCO races score a hundred down to ninety.
3: Everyone, so we can we can disagree on on this slightly, but I, I think you, what you would agree on, Mark, is that if sport is meritocratic, and if you're an athlete and you go and race well, you're going to rise to the top, right? If you go and beat other people, you're going to rise to the top, and and this is why this is not a um, it's not a popularity contest. We don't you know select people by social media scores and things like this. This is about who is the fastest out there, and that's why we feel completely confident that if you're a lower ranked athlete this is the best thing for you because this is the pto creating a sustainable model that grows professional triathlon in a way as i said without going back to sort of the example beforehand that by becoming a sustainable profitable organization we're investing back into the sport um in the long run right so it's not only the top athletes that are getting their jam today it's all of the athletes that get jammed tomorrow by this becoming a sustainable um series um because we really do believe passionately passionately that triathlon can be dramatically bigger and dramatically more um, commercially viable, successful than it is at the moment. And, and look at it without me being really unfair to quote him, the fact that we've just cr- um, recruited Chris Commode who is the head of the ATP to be the executive chairman of the PTO. It, I mean, if there isn't a better testament of that, I can't think what is, you know, because let's call it what it is. This is where it's slightly unfair to say on a podcast, but that's the reputation of like one of the top sports execs in the world. And he's saying, okay, I'm going to put my name against this. Right? He's not going to do it. if if he didn't think we'd be successful right now. Does that mean there's a lot of hard work to happen? It's gonna take a lot of money. It's gonna take a lot of sweat and tears. We're gonna have to work work closely with World Triathlon. Ironman are gonna have to stop thinking we're a competitor every five seconds. Um, But the end result could be pretty special.
0: Yeah. And I think that if you're a lower tier athlete, I mean, you should have that May 5th, 6th weekend circled because your top 30 athletes are going to be out at the European Open, hopefully, fingers crossed. And then everyone else will be able to race a gold tier race at Ironman 70.3 St. George Regional Championship and have an opportunity to get multiple points and more points than they could hope for.
3: Yeah, uh, exactly right. Like just like every, almost every other sport. So like the PGA Tour, oh, don't quote me, I think it's 120 members that have a card at the PGA Tour level. Then you've got the Corn Ferry, you've got a whole pipe pipeline of development and we'll same see the same thing in, in triathlon. But I mean, it goes without saying, if the top level are racing for $100,000 and, sorry, I said that wrong way. Like, if, if the current scenario where the very top are only racing for a few million dollars of price versus a year, whereas in 10 years' time they're racing for 100 million dollars, it's fairly obvious that lower down is going to be better as well, right? And so, um, yeah, no, we've, we've hit this topic, uh, quite a bit now.
1: Yeah, very fairly. A, a, a slightly uh, off topic observation Does it annoy you? that based on your ownership model which is the athletes as you you've iterated on both these podcasts yeah that a large percentage of them want to do a long distance race because no, it's no. much harder for you to market it doesn't
3: no, no, TV no. as well what what annoys me, and I'd be really blunt about it because it's Sunday afternoon and I'm tired. What really annoys me is when people moan about sustainability and us being viable and like, oh, this, is, this only works because of investors. And the reason why it annoys us is like, go and look at every other venture capital-backed business that ever existed. And it's exactly the same, right? And, and I'm not saying you guys are criticizing it. Um, it's more that i just find it bizarre every time we put a post people are like oh this isn't sustainable this will, this will never last of course it will never last if it doesn't have um support and investors to go and create it but we've got some incredibly uh, successful incredibly far-sighted investors that believe triathlon can be a lot better and they're willing to stake their names and their reputation and their money against it right so if i was a betting man i i know where i'd be putting my bets um no mark in, in answer to your question we totally get it look the the sports The long distance part of the sport has come off the back of Ironman, right? It's been built off the back of Julie Moss crawling across the finish line back in the, you know, whatever it was back in the nineteen eighties. And until we've come along with an alternative model, that's been the only thing to focus on, right? The challenge we have, as I said on a podcast the other day, is that we don't believe in the short term we can make a long distance product really viable for broadcast, right? Not forever, but in the short term, we need to go and get folks like Warner Brothers and ESPN and Disney excited about a season-long narrative that promotes the professionals in a way that they can serve that up to their audience. And it's just too hard, candidly, um, to do that with an eight or a nine-hour broadcast, right? Not to say it can't be done eventually, but for where we are at the moment with the resources and the talent that we've got internally, we think it's a step too far. And, and that's why we want to focus on the hundred kilometres now.
1: So you need your new to triathlon client base that doesn't participate to outgrow the existing fan base, which is age group athletes who fund the sport because they only care about Ironman. So you I, need more I, I, people.
3: Yes. Yeah, actually, I think you'll see it changes really fast. What I think they care about is incredible athletic performances. And so if we can create a, and this, is, this doesn't exist at the moment, right? So we'll, we'll work on it this year, but it's more coming next year and the year after. If we can create a season-long narrative of regular competition from the very best athletes going head-to-head-to-head, to head to head, whether it's ironman distance whether it's 100k distance whether it's tiddlywinks distance actually won't won't matter it'll be the product that we're serving up to them um and at the moment triathlon lacks that right it really does like it's and the pto hasn't fixed this either right it's a fragmented space but if we can do what i just described then it actually won't matter the fan base will grow around that Well, that's our thesis at least and
2: and and on that longer distance this has been i mean i don't want to say a rumor but a thought since the pto has almost started is it eventually the pto will do a long distance race whether it's a 200k or whether it's just the full iron distance race or the long course triathlon distance or whatever have you guys ever even discussed that or can you just put it to bed or or do you think it is a possibility one day
3: no it's it's 100 a possibility one day we had an athlete board meeting three weeks ago when we went through a bunch of our plans and we talked openly about when is the right time to do that and our view is it's not yet, right, as I, as I said, for the reasons that, you know, I won't repeat myself. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't come in the future, right? Um, and that could be three years, could be five years, could be two years, it's, it's hard to say. Um, and look, and there's even another model, that this is like, again, without going off on too much of a tangent, um, the structure that we have, obviously, that if the PTO is successful, it will generate profits that then get reinvested into the sport. And some of that is controlled by the athletes. So the athletes might turn around in three years and say, yes, continue with your broadcast series, but we'd like to have a massive great prize purse on something that's 10 hours long. It's not going to go on TV, but that's fine. And we'll just put the money into it, right? That, that's the kind of structure we have. We could, see, I could see that happening. That's Probably more realistic than us making a 10-hour broadcast frankly right is that is to say look that's that's the way that might go and that's my answer to a couple of people have posted about that recently that that would be a great way of going i'm like yeah potentially when, when we've got the resources to do so we could go and look at that but in the meantime we want to focus on creating a real professional sport and the way we do that is with the the distance we've got and by creating a season long narrative makes sense
0: for the asian open what made you guys decide on singapore
3: Oh, wow. That's a, it's a big question. Um, uh, look at Asia is an amazing continent. There are lots of places we could have gone. Um, but Singapore, when does this podcast come out again? A couple of days time. Oh, I think I'm going to go out on a limb that we may not. We can stall for happened. you. We can stall for you. We it.
0: can stall it. We can, we can delay it if you need to. I mean, we've Can't been talking it Sam-
1: straight away. Release it <laughs> straight away.
2: <laughs> You're being, this is live streamed actually.
3: Well, the, the, the only reason I was pausing is, um, we are going to announce in a couple of days that the the event, both for age group and professionals, takes place in the Marina Bay. So, if for those who've been to Singapore before, like this is like doing uh, the American equivalent would be like doing it in Times Square. Obviously, there's no water in Times Square, but uh, it's that much of a major spot, and it's never had an age group race. Super League went and did a, a small arena games and used the swim there last year, which was fantastic because gave that gave the proof point that it could be done. And we have spent. So many hours with the Singapore government working about the complexities of how we could do this. And the end result, in answer to your question, Carl, is that this becomes the best place possible to put on a on a triathlon because you've got this natural auditorium of this amazing city that's got all these skyscrapers and we'll have the very best athletes racing amongst them on a course that most of you may have seen from the Formula One because it's pretty much exactly the same.
1: Just that's a quick true. one on that. Are you paying for athlete accommodation?
3: Uh, we have a sponsor that
1: will... Pro-athlete a athlete accommodation. At.
3: Yeah, we'll have a sponsor that will hopefully cover some of that, and depending which race. Uh, it, it tends to be different with each race. So at the Collins Cup the last two years in Shamarin, we were sponsored by x and therefore we had um, athlete accommodation paid at other places we don't. We haven't figured out the right model yet, candidly, right? So if you go to the PGA, they don't pay for accommodation, they don't pay for travel. Other sports do, um, and we've got to work through what's the right one. Uh, I guess is your question, because you're asking, is, is everyone going to stay in the Marina Bay sand well, I can guarantee that's not going to be bad. For <laughs>
1: uh, that was part of my response. I was actually it was more of a joke question about do I need to mortgage our house for us to go and get a hotel for a race in Singapore? But you've actually answered it, uh, yeah, more thoroughly than I was expecting. So.
3: <laughs> well, and look, we we do recognise it, and so in markets where we think it's going to be an undue burden. Um, we will look at subsidizing it or getting it sponsored and we're talking to a major airline in the region which we hope we can convince could give you know 20 sorry 40 20 men 20 women business class tickets and to get them there these are the kind of things we go out and negotiate so um, we recognize it uh, it all plays into sort of the benefits of being part of the pto tour
1: yeah because well, i'll even offer to get the hotel in milwaukee I'll, I'll go on a limb and i'll get that for, for us but she's paying for <laughs> singapore <laughs>
3: You, just on, need a,
2: you need to you need to charter a jet from Europe and you need to charter a jet from North America, and then there you go.
3: And look, and we laugh, right? That sounds like a crazy situation, but that's how the NBA works. That's how the NFL works. That's how Djokovic. I mean, if any of you have watched the uh, the Netflix documentary of the PGA recently, it just came out last week. They're all cruising around on their private jets. Now, is that going to happen? In the next two or three years, no. Could this happen in the next twenty for triathlon? Absolutely. There's zero reason why it shouldn't. Um,
1: let's be honest. Should that happen though? Like we talk about sustainability uh, for the PTO, but let's talk about exactly. sustainability for the planet. Like, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. terrible
3: for it, right? And the last yeah. thing we need is more private jets coming around. Actually, arguably, triathlon is very good for the for the planet from a sustainability perspective compared to most sports, right? Like, I uh, think yes. it's. A friend, but, you know, NFL team and the rest has. Um, Yeah. I I don't disagree with you. It wouldn't be good for the, for the environment to have all of the top professional athletes playing in the private jets. We can agree on that.
2: Could you imagine (laughs) PGA tour reaching out to Tiger Woods? We we've reserved you a uh, single bedroom in the Hilton garden Inn right, right outside of Augusta.
3: We kind of laughed, but like this, this is literally where triathlon is now is where golf was in the 1960s, which, is what, what I mean by that is there was a bit of professionals, don't be me wrong, as professionals, there was professionals, there was some racing or there was some tournaments, but it wasn't coordinated and it wasn't making a significant income for any of the, the, the people that played. And two things happened, Mark McCormack of IMG, big story, won't go into that here, and then more importantly, the PGA Tour was formed, right, and it was a breakaway from the PGA of America. And it took 60 years, but now Tiger Woods is a billionaire, and so is Michelson, or he was before he gambled most of it away. Um, And there's a scenario where triathlon should be in the same place in like 40 or 50 years. But it it might take that long, but there's zero reason why we shouldn't think that happens, right? The value of triathlon is absolutely astronomical. But at the moment, the industry is obsessed with participation as its model of operating, and they're hiding behind that as an excuse not to build a, a true professional sport.
1: Makes sense. Makes they have sense. no incentive, though, to build a true professional sport. Based on their own business models, you're the only ones
3: that do, right? Uh, they have no incentive. Yeah, it, it,
1: so they're, they're, the incentive of their business model is mass participation to earn their income. The incentive of your business model is to create a pro sport. So or, I, I always defend my uh, man a bit on this, like, why should they care?
3: No, no, you're, you're you're exactly right, except that until a different model comes along and it's better, and then therefore you have to either adapt quickly or die, right? It's, I mean, that's the typical sort of model within with all, all professions. Um, oh, and
1: one thing they don't recognize is that they might benefit off your model. So if, if triathlon grows, it's likely that in line amateur triathlon grows with it and Challenge and Ironman will benefit from an increase in triathlon participation if your model's successful.
3: So rather than being a rival to you, why not support it? hundred percent. I look, I'm so glad you said it rather than me, right? Like that is a hundred percent how we look at it. The, the second largest beneficiary um, of the PTO success will be Ironman as an organization, right? And the reason why is because of their scale and the amount of inventory they have, because we are going to grow the sport, right? We're going to make this bigger. And because they have lots of events everywhere, they will benefit. Uh, our model is not to have lots of events. We're going to grow for sure. Um, we, you know, we're know we not ready quite to share how much. But it's not going to be a, a competition where there's 50, 50 PTO races all, all around the place.
2: The, then if you have good investors, very, very well, high-end investors and people like that, and they see the growth growth of it, do you not like, – why not just acquire Ironman?
3: Um, I mean, that's – a <laughs> Let's think, well, there's so many answers I could give for you. For, for a start, I don't think they're for sale, right? So there's that, number one. It has to be a willing buyer and yeah. willing seller because we did try that the last time around and they didn't want to sell to us in, in version one, right? So mm-hmm. uh, And then secondly... Um, it's not necessarily look, there's different ways to go about a business plan, right? And then again, without sounding too much like an MBA student, right? You can do it inorganically, you can do it organic, you can you can partner. There's there's a very sort of standard kind methodology. We're going the organic route. Uh, it's super cool to see Super League announce that they just bought Chicago and, and New York City try the other other day. That's just a different strategy, right? Like so they've decided they're gonna acquire their um, Their growth. Um, uh, In our model, we're going to go organic and we're going to partner, right? And that's, you know, we touched on it right at the beginning. We're really leaning into partnerships where we feel that they can bring things to the table, which we don't have, which is like spectators, right? That's one of of the things we Mm -hmm. see.
2: And speaking of competition and uh, the kind of race announcements, I, I don't I can't recall who announced their race first, whether it was uh, the Asia open or I actually, I do believe it was Ironman 70.3 world championship. Um, And then you guys have always been kind of stuck on this date, but haven't been able to officially release it on the Singapore race. It is theoretically, I believe six days prior to the 70.3 world championship. Is this a flex? Is this just appropriate dates that you guys were able to do? Kind of what what do you expect the athletes to be able to race both? Or kind of what was your
3: thoughts on that? This is one hundred percent hand on heart, just the nature of the calendar and the way these things work out. Um, we didn't go out of our way to make it difficult for Iron man here. Um, the to give you the full story, and it's really ironic how these things can happen. We had two dates available for um, for Singapore. Um, the other was September the tenth which is anyone who's close to it will know is Nice. Uh, and do you know what happened? It wasn't us changing. It was Formula One decided to change their schedule. I think they added Miami. They added something. Oh, no, they added Vegas. And so Singapore shifted. We got told September the 10th is not available and we and we got moved earlier. But prior to that happening, we would have been on September the 10th, which would have everyone would have been like, look at this, PTO is just trying to take on Nice. And it would have just been a circumstance of calendar. Um, shutting down these cities, it's so difficult. There are so many competing things and needs and the rest. And so that's really the the only reason but uh, on the subject of announcing races i guess i mean andrew announced my events two weeks ago or our events the pto on, on your podcast a few weeks ago so i guess they're paying attention to our calendar brilliant how,
0: how often how often do you guys talk to iron man or you personally
3: too
1: much by the sounds of it
3: <laughs> um yeah, th- th- there's a dialogue look th- there's a there's a different an opinion on how things should be done. But there's a dialogue which we believe will get closer and that will only be good for the sport. You know, um, the, it, there's no benefit to the sport to have different groups fighting and, and in sort of trying to do things in a different way. If there's a way that we can all unite together around a common goal, which is to, you know, increase triathlon's growth, then I think that's good for everybody. And we, certainly on this side of the table, we want to see that happen.
1: Yeah. So an unrelated question. Do you think you fared better or Andrew fared better on the How They Train podcast? Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Let's let the fans just laugh that off. I'm not going to put you in that position.
3: It is, it's It's um, very easy from a PR perspective to be a contrarian new player as opposed to the incumbent. So I'll say that. That's a very political answer, but it's also very true, right? If you think about it, right? It's To it's defend yourself all day long is A, tiring, and B, just really, really hard. It's really hard, right? Whereas if you're the new player coming in, you can talk about different things. It's exciting. It's different. And there's a massive advantage there, like, I've worked for companies where you're the incumbent, and all you're dealing is dealing with where there's other things. And then now I'm working in a business where we're the new player and we're doing things differently. And so that comes across in PR and comms very differently sometimes
1: that nba is paying off isn't it great answer
3: well, it's true right it's true yeah right. of course it's true yeah no nicely put and, and let's not get away this is not an ironman bashing exercise triathlon wouldn't exist without the incredible work that the Man guys do like i've alluded to on this podcast and, and the last couple of times um, that i've spoken just how hard it is to put on these events i think people miss it right As we've talked about at the beginning with the, the example with chris and the fact that these guys have events in you know 50 plus countries all around the world that it's incredible. Do we think they look after the professionals at the level they should do? Absolutely not. Right, absolutely not. And and in fact, on on your podcast, actually, let's 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 get a little bit controversial for a second. Um, you talked about. I think you asked a question about sponsorship, uh, and Andrew mentioned how you know he wants to get a banking partner or an insurance partner, and the way they do that is to have great races, which they have, and great athletes that drive. It drives great media, but the the bit that was missing in that sentence is it's not just great athletes, it's great professional athletes, because there is no media product that talks about 40-year-old men running around a city, right? They talk about Kat and Gustav and Daniela and the rest, and so, um, yeah, there's a difference of opinion there, but that's okay.
1: It's hard to argue with you on that because, yeah, that's how they sell to Advil or whatever the massive corporate brand is that sponsors each year. They did a good job with the broadcast at the Ironman World Champs this year, though. I thought that was one of the best broadcasts of the year, but it was purely because the pro athletes were there. Without that and without them sustaining their spot as one of the best pro races to attend. Yeah, you're right. How do they market that to Advil? i would never looked at it like that
3: right yeah this is where the professionals are so incredibly important to the product um Hmm. and look the best thing possible i want to see you know jp morgan as a sponsor right and goldman sachs and the rest because all it's going to do is flow into the sport to make it more and more productive and more money for the professionals and a more sustainable sustainable model so it's not a criticism necessarily it's more just pointing out that the professionals are incredibly important to the product here and for anyone to say that they aren't is like you're either trying to yeah
2: on 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 the note of the broadcast um we've seen ironman have some very low tier live stream events 70.3 augusta it's like who's who's even going to watch it no no offense something that you guys have done uh, as well as super league you guys have really come in and really upped your broadcast uh ironman came in and ironman world championship and they were kind of just like we're not only going to up the broadcast, we're going to make it to where it's multiple selection camera view. We're going to try to do a mic drop. And they did a phenomenal job outside of a lot of motor vehicle assistance, which is very, very important. Um, and you related to uh, earlier in the broadcast and the show, but did you guys, when you guys see something like that, are you like, that's awesome. Like, that's cool that they're doing that. Now that's what we want for the sport. Or do you even, do you look at it? Like we need to even up our game even more.
3: Oh, 100%. It's it's up the game. We watch everything. and We watch all of the broadcasts. We we read every social media post. We go deep, dark into those forums and see what people are saying about what we're doing, right and wrong. Because you've got to eat that up and, and use that to improve the product, right? And and we want to see um, Ironman do better, and we want to see ourselves do better, and the rest, because the end result is triathlon grows, and this is where we think there's a massive alignment here, that this is a sport that is nowhere near its commercial potential yet because of various different things. But there's, it's getting better, and that's one of the positive things. So, like, I totally agree with you that their broadcast was was fantastic compared to what it's been in the past. Is it as good as it could be? No. Is it going to get there? If they continue their improvement, then hopefully so.
1: You don't get slow twitch as well, do you, Sam? You talk about diving into social media. That'll drive you insane, surely.
3: It is an interesting um, interesting website. No, I was on the forum recently, Like, we, we did uh, We did a sort of... I don't know what's called cool. Ask Me Anything. Um and some of the uh some of the questions were pretty interesting. There's there's some people who definitely have too much time on their hands. Maybe they should train more. I don't know. That's what, I, I, great to the to, to the podcast, right? Go and train more or uh, listen to some music. <laughs> I didn't
2: know that you get on the dark web, Sam.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could only
2: access slow twitch through the dark web now. <laughs> speaking speaking of another event that the PTO is almost founded around the Collins Cup. This is the first year that we've seen that you guys haven't announced a date yet. Uh, is it going back to Samarin? What, what, what is the latest with the Collins Cup? When is that going to be?
3: Yeah, so not quite ready to announce that publicly yet. Like I hope within the next like four weeks or so. Um, the intention with the Collins Cup is to move it around. Right. And Samarin has been a fantastic host for us for a couple of years. We've got a really great host in mind for this year. But as for reasons that, you know, we've talked about already, it's hard to pull these things off. It's even, I mean, it's hard with professional triathlon, like I described, it's even harder with the Collins Cup when you layer in all of the extra complexity of the matches and things like this. But hopefully the next four, where are we, the 20th of February, Hopefully, the next four or five weeks, we'll, we'll have an update on, on where we'll be. Um, it'll be later in the year. We've already shared with the pros that we need to sort of plan on a, on an end of season uh, event, which we think would be better for the Collins Cup, frankly, to, to be towards the end of the season, be, be post-Nice, be post-Kona, um, but not, quite ready to share the details yet sorry
0: and is that going to be uh the global triathlon awards going to be in flex with that as well
3: uh-huh you guys do yes keep your you should get extra points for how many uh pieces of gossip you can um talk about on the podcast um we have certainly talked to the folks Super League, we thought we did a fantastic job, along with a guy called Jackie, who I'm sure many of you know from France, who who did such an incredible job putting that event together in pretty short notice in Nice. Um, about look, wouldn't this be a better product if it was alongside an event? And that's not like the PTO saying it should be our event. I just think that in general, like if it was programmed alongside a top event at towards the end of the year, you're going to get better attendance it's going to be more fun uh, it's just it, it would be a better product frankly um and look, it's no criticism to the to the guys they, they originally intended to do that event in december and whatever happened uh, it got shifted so january is definitely not the right time to be doing an award show for the previous year right especially with athletes uh, that dance floor was the emptiest i think i've ever seen an event,
1: so. and everyone else is on dry january struggling so
3: i start the yeah, year myself. yeah exactly yeah <laughs>
2: And 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 usually when you look at uh to the global triathlon awards you look at an event that you have like all the top artists in the world there the top actors in the world so, so the goal would be almost like not a celebration into the year but you do a race and then you have Jan Ferdino at the event you have the or Brownley Javier Gomez you have all the Norwegians you have everyone there instead of just a select a few athletes that you, that are more than likely going to win the awards.
3: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Look, it's, it's an opportunity. Look, it's first year, like, like anything in the first year, you going to go and learn. And I think it's got a lot of potential. It'll be nice to see an event. There was one many years ago that Bob and the crew in San Diego used to do with competitor group. And so it's great to see people wanting to bring this back because you do need to celebrate the athleticism of the the athletes, right? That's what will make this sport bigger. Uh, and it doesn't happen enough, right? It's better. I mean, Talbot, kudos to you for your award. Obviously a lot of work you've done in the last few years on, on that. And we need more of it though, right? Like for mm-hmm. us, for the sport will out, at- absolutely explode when the general population realize quite how athletically talented triathletes are um but it's not a criticism of triathlon that hasn't happened yet it's just that that's the way things are until someone comes along and changes it it's going to be the the way it was in the the past
1: not to disagree with sam i'm just disagreeing with lionel you won't get all the other pro athletes that aren't winning awards there unless you're paying attendance like tiger woods doesn't turn up to the world golf awards if he's not nominated for a prize like the there's just no point. They've got better things to be doing with their time. That's what pro athletes do. Just as an argument with Talbot, like, like without paying them to attend, pros don't attend and fly around the world because that's what they do for a living. There's people aren't going to come and clap you winning your award, mate. If they're not up for an award, but, but like Ballon d'Or is the same. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like they're not all going to just tip up for fun. But if they're already there and it's a free dinner, well, that's different, right? If it's an event, Sam's nailed the solution there. But you know, otherwise, you ain't going to get people. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: That makes sense. Well, if if you can talk about I mean, of course we've talked about all of twenty twenty three this year. And I mean I think it's it's almost safe, not even really safe to say you guys are having budget cuts because you're actually adding more races this year. Right. It what 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 is the PTO's long term plan? I mean, and we've heard through nice. the grapevine twenty twenty four is going to be unlike anything before.
3: <laughs> yes, look, we announced The funding round at the end of the year, we announced some new investors. We've been working really hard on what have we learned for the last 18 months? What worked, what didn't? What can we do now to make things dramatically better in the future? And unfortunately, this is again, Back to and kudos to Ironman Man Challenge and everybody else about how hard this is. It was 2023 was too soon to make most of the changes we wanted to make, right? So this year becomes a bit of a sort of level set. Let's continue to grow. Let's take to, let's put on some amazing events that have some great people. Um, so sort of some great battles, sorry, because that's kind of the most important thing, really. Like if, if the athletes don't turn up, then it's then it's then this is all pointless but be ready that by you know and I don't mind sort of semi leaking it by talking about it now that by September October November of this year we're ready to reveal a long-term plan right and so we have to answer your question we have a five-year plan with our investors that has a bunch of different exciting things that I think will get the sport pretty galvanized when we're ready to announce it not ready to announce it yet for just about 50 different reasons Um, but for all the pros listening and indeed all the community like this is a really exciting time for professional triathlon um and we're super excited to be able to share that news soon just not quite yet
2: and this is a five-year plan starting in 2020
3: or starting next year five-year plans starting i mean consider this year as a reset and then for next year onwards right so i mean i guess wow. you call it a six-year plan if you like right But
2: so uh, so it's guaranteed that the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. good this to go is- through
3: Yep, this is going big, wow. right? Well, you, you don't bring on board the head of the ATP as your chairman if you're not going to go and take a massive swing at making this into a true professional sport. I mean, for our benefit and his, <laughs> right? Um, so if anything, uh, and well, look, and I don't want to paint it all on, on Chris Kimode the same principle with Warner Brothers, the discovery. Like these, these guys bought BT Sport in the UK. Like these guys are serious, sophisticated people and they've become a shareholder in the PTO. They're not doing that if we're going to disappear in 18 months. Um, they're doing it because they believe that triathlon has got this sort of golf-like potential the right ingredients, money, athletes, stories were all put together. And we're not quite there yet, but we think we've got the beginnings of something pretty special here, which is pretty exciting. And,
2: and what, what exactly for all the people listening, the pro athletes and also the amateurs or, or the people just listening, like triathlon fans in general, what can they do to help? Like what, what, what can they do?
3: Oh, look, that's actually a really nice question. So I'm going to add a little context for the guys that can't see the podcast. We've got notes saying to Talbot, please, can we wrap this up over the last two minutes? But I really like your questions, frankly, so it's nice to keep going. Um, What can they do is, and it's really, really simple. It's vote with their feet, right? And what I mean by that is either come to the events or tune in. Right. If we are, if our events are more successful this year, we will be more successful next year. And we're building momentum, and so the best thing the triathlon community can do is to look. We'll, we'll totally take criticism. It's not to say that people shouldn't say, oh, we disagree with the rankings or this or that, but support us with, um, with your. Uh, not actions but by being there right tune in watch the greatest, greatest athletes if you're within a short flight of milwaukee or singapore come and experience an event in person because the potential that's coming down the road is pretty phenomenal and to get in on ground zero or ground level is going to be pretty exciting
0: awesome Well, Sam, we've obviously been in constant communication since November, trying to get you on a podcast, get you to release some stuff and things like that. Um, It's no secret that we've obviously have a lot of ears and people tell us a lot of things. So hopefully we've earned your trust over the last few months of not leaking stuff and things like that. Um, They say patience is a virtue, so hopefully uh, uh, being patient with getting this podcast out has been um, largely helpful for you and also for ourselves just so then that, that way we can posture ourselves with the success of the PTO and things
3: like that. Love it. Look, look, I, I enjoy coming on. I don't mind getting asked difficult questions. I, I tend to go slightly off off tangent sometimes so it's good when people bring me back on board but like, we believe that there is such an amazing opportunity for the sport ahead of us um, if, if things can align and we're working our asses off frankly excuse the, excuse the swearing to go and make that happen and, and hopefully other people will see that and we'll see an amazing sport in the future.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you for your time today. We're so pumped for the next five years um, of what the PTO is going to do. And uh, we'll see you in Ibiza.
3: (laughs) Sounds good. Look forward to it.